It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. <clears throat> no, um... Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. <laughs> it's This Week in Fantasy. fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com. James Seltzer from rotowire.com and your host. This guy sucks. John Barchard. That's right, it's week nine, and we are here for another edition of This Week in Fantasy. Thanks again to Neil Wilson for uh, letting us uh, use his voice, because that, that stuff is awesome. I love the new intros. Um, well, plenty of stuff to talk about, as uh, the gang is all here. First, with, uh, let's start with where we went right and where we went wrong. I feel like ever since we've done the written version of Sit Start, it's just been kind of well, I've had bad luck with it, so maybe that maybe that's telling something about me. But the guys have been uh, have been uh, more right than they have wrong. But I just got to point out to myself: Lamar Miller, uh, Starch, Geo, Sit. They both basically had the same points. Joyke Bell was a dud for us this past weekend. But I got to say, overall, I think the crew's doing a great job. More wins than losses, gentlemen. I I'd like that very much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Tony. Yeah. Any 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 Why not? misses? I know James had a James had a big one, but for the for the most part, I think he he nailed it pretty much this week. How do you, how you feeling about your selection, James? Uh yeah, no, I I I pretty much nailed every single one except for like you said the big one, and <laughs> big is quite a good word for it because it was Big Ben and it was a big all time great performance. So. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, and it's funny, too, because you're watching Tom Brady kick ass and take names, sorry, Tony, uh, against, against Chicago. But, um, yeah, you, you would figure it's like, well, that's the performance of the day, and that's what everybody's going to talk about. And then Ben just pulls six touchdowns out of his butt. 522 yards. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, when, Are it, you serious? Indianapolis just decided to fall and, asleep. And, yeah, against, against an Indy pass defense that up until that point, had been really good, especially against fantasy quarterbacks. I, I think quarterbacks were like 30th, uh, uh, you know, I think they had the third, excuse me, third best or, or 
quarterbacks had the 30th most amount of points against fantasy de- them as a fantasy defense. It's, it's wild. Crazy. I guess we shouldn't judge that on like, you know, how Andy Dalton does against them from now on, but uh yeah, it, it, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, exactly. Well, we're, it, very good point. Yeah. And also, I just think we're getting to that point where, you know, weird, weird stuff happens, man. It does. It's, it's hard to predict some of this. Sometimes. This is where all the teams started like, you know, oh, they're done. They're not going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden they go on like a seven game winning streak and every, everything starts hitting right. And it's it's kind of weird because I look at the first big matchup this week, Tony, and I'm, I'm pegging Cowboys Cardinals. It's a big game for a lot of reasons. The Cowboys just had a heartbreaking Raw loss against Colt McCoy in the in the Washington. That was a fun game. Oh my god, that was so exciting, and and it it, it kind of deflated any type of uh, anxious, you know, stuff I had going on dealing with the Cardinals uh, beating the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, you know, you know, I just like that halfway through that game, there was a point where it was exactly what we would have thought it would have been like five years ago. It was Colt McCoy. Yes, Brandon starting <laughs> against Brandon Whedon. Yeah, yeah Cle- well, Cleveland Cleveland Browns fans finally had something to to root for in a Monday Night Football game. There, the, right? the castoffs from Cleveland going uh, like strangely, they're actually performing very well when they're not in Browns uniforms. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's quite a surprise. Exactly, yeah, yeah. they were ruined by a team. <laughs> um, one thing that did happen: Romo in his back. I'm not exactly sure how much they're hiding there, but that's that's something to be concerned about. I look at this matchup and I say, Des should have a pretty good day because if the Eagles didn't show you, you definitely have to throw against this Cardinals team and, and word is still not out on Patrick Peterson. What's going to be happening there? Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure, though. Are you chasing points with Larry Fitzgerald and, and John Brown here or... Uh, is this was this John Brown's kind of coming out party for you? I think it's uh, a little bit of yes and no there. I think, uh, yes, you are chasing points if you pick up and start John Brown. No, I don't think you're chasing points with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, John Brown, you know, he's a little bit undersized. He's quick and, you know, you know, he's going to get you points here and there. I, I just don't I just don't think that this is going to be a week in week out thing. There's going to be times when he's going to be useful, but there's going to be times when he's going to be a, a complete dud. Obviously, every receiver on that team is going to do better when Carson Palmer's in there. But uh, John Brown, no, he's he's on my bench if he's on my team at all. Larry Fitzgerald, on the other hand, I think, yeah, go for it. I mean, he is clearly coming on. He's playing well. His targets are up. His receptions are up. Two out of his last three games have been outstanding. Touchdowns in two out of the last three. You know, almost 100 yards a couple weeks ago, 160 last week. Yeah, so uh, why not get on the Larry Fitzgerald bandwagon? I think uh, I I don't. I don't think you would be chasing if you went ahead and started him. I, I suspect he's going to have some uh, some decent games going forward now for the rest of the season. But John Brown, uh, while I do like his skill set and I think he, you know, he can be your wide receiver five on your team. I'm not starting him uh, unless unless things have gone quite quite badly. Yeah, I I I don't particularly agree with Tony on the the Fitz thing. I I think the the reasoning is sound, but. I just think that that offense is going to spread the ball around as far as in the passing game goes. But I think there's the one guy, and and I do like Carson Palmer as a start. I think he can have success. But, you know, I think Andre Ellington is going to really be that guy that you can trust week in and week out on this team. I mean, if you look at how big a part of their offense he is, the offense runs through that guy. I I mean, he's had at least 20 touches in every single game since week two. Touches over the... The last week since then, 21, 20, 25, 30, 26. Uh, this guy's going to get work, especially in an in a NFL right now where there are not a ton of running backs who touch the ball that many times per game. 
Uh, and then especially this week in this matchup, the Cowboys defense 19th against the run and even worse, 28th when you look at a per play basis. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a, a, a good chance Andre Ellington has a nice day on uh, Sunday. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of Larry Fitz was on one big uh, 80 yard dash there on an almost, almost illegal pick. Play. And it was against the Eagles. <laughs> yes. We all know that Larry Fitzgerald owns the Eagles. Yes. It is what it is. It's weird. It's unexplainable. <laughs> Stat heads would say it's not true, but. Any Eagles fan knows you don't want to face Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's weird. So somebody uh, tweeted uh, something like that out. If they projected his, if he played every single game against the Eagles for 16 games, I think it was something ridiculous, like 1,600 yards. Yeah, I think it was higher. It was like 1,800 yeah, yeah. or something. Eight, I think I saw the same thing. Yeah, 18 touchdowns and like 90 catches and all that good stuff. Yes, he he constantly beats up Philadelphia. Uh, I tell you what's just beat up in general is the NFC South, and I don't know if this is going to be a shootout, a slop fest, um, I'm kind of just throwing my hands up in the air. I mean, uh, Drew Brees kind of proved that he can hang. I thought it was kind of odd the way the Packers showed up last week, but you have the Saints and Pan- uh, Panthers pretty much saying like, "Hey, we're we're still a football team and we're still a conference." Uh, so, James, I don't. I, how are you expecting this one to go? Um, you know, are are you expecting a shootout? Uh, what kind of points are are you expecting from guys like Mark Ingram or Kelvin Benjamin? Those type of folks. Yeah, I think the toughest thing about this game is the Thursday night aspect of it. I think if it were on a Sunday, I would be expecting more points. You just never know with these Thursday night games. A game you're expecting to be a shootout ends up you know, not being one and vice versa. But if I, if I had to bet, put my life on the line or something like that, I, I would think that there's going to be some points scored in this game. I don't see it being too low scoring. I think Mark Ingram is a really nice play this week. Carolina 28th against the run in the league. Ingram, a a coming out party of sorts last week. uh, 17 carries, 172 yards, granted against a a Green Bay defense that is the league's worst or one of the two worst in the league against the run. Um, so, So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but Ingram looks good. He's looked the best he's ever looked before. They have a good offensive line that can run block. And, uh, you know, it seems like Drew Brees with Graham back and Cooks and Colston and, and all these options and Kenny Stills, I, it just seems like that Saints offense might finally be getting back on track. And, and I think we've all seen that this Carolina defense is just not very good this year, especially against the run. So I certainly think the Saints can put up points. In, and on the flip side, you know, the Saints are 31st against a pass in the league. Uh, I think at least Cam Newton, Greg Olson, and, and Kelvin Benjamin are, are decent plays this week as well. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I also just think in the back of my head that, I don't know, you, I, there's something wrong with Seattle, and I obviously get that. But if it's anything like that game, the Saints are on the road, I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with was starting some of their offense there. Tony, you got any different takes on uh, Thursday night Saints-Panthers? No, I, I'm going to tend to agree there. I mean, it, you know, I, I do like Mark Ingram. I still think that uh, Traveris Cadet's an interesting PPR yeah. guy and a flex if you need somebody. Again, we got a ton of bye weeks this week, so you, you might be uh, struggling to find some points. I think Traveris Cadet, who, who sort of did it last week, a very simple, like, eight-point game. I think he can do sort of the same thing, uh, probably even a little bit better particularly if Mark Ingram continues to, to do a good job pounding the ball, uh, you know, 24, you know, carries or, or what have you, they're going to have some opportunities there to, to, to get going against uh, Carolina, even if it is on the road. Well, one thing's for sure that I know that won't be a slap fest here, Tone, is, is uh, Patriots Broncos. I mean, Tom's on fire, Peyton's on fire. The, basically, the, everybody on their offenses, respectively, except for, you know, Wes Welker on one end and 
Um, yeah, I think Julian Edelman's kind of fading away here because the emergence of Brandon LaFell, and we'll probably be talking about him in a little bit too, but is there, uh, I mean, that's just a pretty much all-star. You looking at any pitfalls in there, Emmanuel Sanders, one of the Thomases that you would just kind of get cute and sit, or you're just playing everybody over there, right? Yeah, you got to play everybody. Yeah, I mean, yes, the Patriots are for real against the pass. It's true. They're very, very good at it. You sort of didn't see that coming, coming into the year, but they always find a way. They use their strengths, whatever they've got. They're good at it, right? So they've got the they've got the personnel. They're good against the pass. So no, we need to do sit Sanders and watch him go for three touchdowns or sit. <laughs> You don't know, that, I mean, there's just more than once this year. Yeah. You just, I mean, yeah, no, the, the getting cute thing. No, I mean, there's, there's just no way. I mean, yeah, he's a guy that maybe you're not going to start if you're in a weekly, you know, FanDuel or, or what have you. Um, you're, you're probably not going to go for, for Sanders just because his value will be a little bit high going against the number one rated pass defense. But if he's on your, you know, on your redraft league, you're absolutely starting. I mean, you're crossing your fingers that he breaks a couple free. Uh, the offense is just way too good. You start Tom. Brady, you start Peyton Manning, you start everybody there. Uh, you know, the the you know, one of the questions you might have is who are you gonna start maybe in the Patriots backfield? <laughs> um, I'm kind of leaning gray right now. Are they but you know, again, Belichick will throw some uh curveballs at you as we've mentioned and and you know saw time and time again so you might be a little bit uh, uh leery of who you're going to start in the patriots backfield obviously shane vereen is uh somebody you probably want to go with uh gray is sort of an interesting uh second flex option for you if he gets the touches then you're going to be in good shape but the hoodie could come out and smack you in the ass <laughs> well that's what i'm saying like that's i think um me and james were all like oh yeah start vereen of course like he's gonna get all and then all of a sudden it's Again, just like you said, it's that Belichick move there. Uh, James, speaking of of kind of hardcore matchups here, it's not as probably going to be pretty as both of these offenses have been just kind of up and down, I feel, all the time. I feel like Joe Flacco comes out and looks like he's an amazing – well, I mean, that's pretty much Joe Flacco in a nutshell. He'll look amazing for a couple of games. He'll dip back down. The same with uh, Big Ben, and it's – Steelers versus Ravens, it's it's for basically second in the division and trying to stay away from the, the you know, the bottom there. Um, who are your mainstays there? Who are somebody that you are considering not going in this game? Well, I think you have to start Ben. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to tell people to sit him again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to test that. Yeah, but don't you uh, think this is one no, of the times like after a big performance? I know exactly what you're saying. I do, but... You know, he was just so on, put up 522 and six touchdowns. And it, it, I would consider it, but the Ravens really don't have a great pass defense. They're 22nd in the league against the pass, and they're going to be playing without their top corner, Jimmy Smith, one of the best corners in the league, uh, Jimmy Smith. So, you know, I, I think that, that that's too much of an advantage, honestly. I mean, they're they're much better against the run. I, I'd be a little leery of Le'Veon Bell. I don't think you're never going to sit Le'Veon Bell, ever. Obviously, right, uh, and obviously he's going to contribute in the passing game as well. So, a different situation. But uh, I'd be more worried about Pittsburgh not being able to get something going on the ground than getting something going through the air. I think you have to play Antonio Brown every single week, week in, week out. Uh, on the Baltimore side of the ball, um, you know Pittsburgh's defense is not that great, so uh, there's no one who I would sit. And as far as Baltimore goes, I think you're going to see them try and move the ball through the air as well. Pittsburgh has been a, a little bit worse against the pass than the rush this season. They're 11th against the rush, but Pittsburgh's susceptible to being attacked either way as well. Their defense is nothing spectacular. So I would start Forsett. If he's healthy, Forsett's got a minor injury issue, so you got to watch that. 
And I'd start Steve Smith. As far as the season goes, I think we're going to talk about Steve Smith a little bit later. But um, for right now, for this week, this matchup, I, I think I'd still start the normal guys I would start. But I agree with you what you said about Flacco at the beginning. I think we've kind of seen the best of Flacco, and Flacco's really going to be a strictly matchups play moving forward. Trade deadline's coming. It's officially ended the NFL. I know for a lot of leagues that it's, it's wrapping up now, um, and we're getting to the nitty-gritty of what to do are we selling? Are we buying? Are we buy, selling high? Are we buying low? So we got a couple of players, or at least I have a couple of players that I think you should sell high right now. I want to get your guys' takes on this. My first sell high right now is actually Brandon LaFell. I think that his value probably won't get any higher right now. I think if he's your wide receiver three or four and you're missing an RB2, uh, a quarterback, is it something like that? I think you can sell high on that and get a couple of pieces for him. James, are you selling high on Brandon LaFell right now? John, uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I, I actually oh. like LaFell. I like what he's done. Uh, he's getting targets. They're throwing him the ball. He's part of the offense. And and look, he's produced. He's had three big weeks this season and one monster week. He had 11 catches last week. He caught every ball that was thrown in his direction. I believe it was 11 targets, 11 catches. Uh, look, who else is there? It's Gronk and, and then it's LaFell. Like there are, you know, there are no other options, but Tom Brady is, has proven over the last month that he's going to find a way to put points up on the board. He's going to find open receivers. He's going to make plays. And, and over the last month, he's probably gained a lot of confidence in Brandon LaFell. So I actually like LaFell a lot. I, I think that if you can find someone who, like you, John, no offense, who doesn't <laughs> believe in him too much uh, and, and try and even buy not high on him but buy it at a a price that's not crazy i, I do that too i, I like lafell a lot moving forward i i don't love that they haven't had their buy yet but outside of that you know i, I think he's a part of that offense i, I think he's going to get some points for the rest of the season yeah i'm not saying that he won't i just think if there's somebody that is desperate for an, uh, a, a wide receiver too I, I, well I, obviously go, go, go. Look, there's a price for anything sure, sure there's a price for anything i'm just saying that i don't think in my mind if i own brandon lafell after just, you know, the one big performance and then steadiness and, the, you know, a couple of nice performances, I don't think that even on name value alone, someone's going to give me what I think he's worth is my point. No, actually, I think I'd hold on to him, too. I mean, yeah, he had a great game against Chicago, but it's starting to look like if you want to sell somebody high, just wait until the week after they play Chicago and you're going to have a chance of getting something for him. Uh, but no, I do think that he's going to be pretty good and he can be a, your wide receiver three uh, pretty much every week. Now, if you need to fill some positions, obviously, and you can do a two for one because you're because you're in trouble the next couple of weeks, then yeah, I get it. But uh, but I'm actually uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, with James on this one. I like LaFell. Uh, yeah, a couple other receivers I had on the sell high list. One being Mike Wallace, the other being Steve Smith. Um, Mike Wallace is I don't I actually forgot what he did last week, but has had a touchdown in in uh, basically I think every game except for one. Uh, Steve Smith, another guy that's put up real big numbers, been uh, pretty consistent right around the 10 range and higher, uh, especially if you're in a PPR league, that, that number's probably grown a little bit. Mike Wallace, Steve Smith, selling high on both of those. Tone, are you, uh, do you have any different opinions on either? Yeah, well, here's the thing with Mike Wallace. You said you didn't know what he did last week, and that's unfortunately sort of the key there is because you're going to get a little bit less for him because he had a really pedestrian at best performance, two catches, 59 yards against Jacksonville. Yeah, well. So you're going to expect a little <laughs> bit more. Well, before that, I'd be I'd be actually, you know, he was putting up very Lafellian numbers, if yes. you will. He's, you know, very for, – for I was very uh, actually – 
sort of impressed with Mike Wallace and his consistency. It hasn't been lights out. He hasn't broken 100 yards this season. Uh, and yes, he was my big swing and miss uh, for the starts this week because I actually thought he would have a very nice game against Jacksonville. Uh, but he did not. He did not. And I don't know you're going to be able to get what you should get for him, maybe based just on that one game, because, uh, you know, anybody who, who follows in a, you know, uh, in a in a more simple level and they just look and see what you do against Jacksonville and they're going to say, you know what, maybe he's not the guy for me. Now, I think I think he can still perform as your wide receiver three or four on your team week in and week out without too much trouble. Um, he gets almost five receptions every single game, which is great in a PPR league. But again, he hasn't hit 100 yards yet. And uh, and he certainly had his opportunity last week against Jacksonville and he didn't do it. So I'm just afraid that you're not going to get what you're hoping to get. Um, so he, yes, sell, sell him. Um, but you know, just be wary. I don't think it's a buyer's market on him right now. James, any uh, other takes on those two? Uh, I'll take Steve Smith since it was more of a Mike Wallace answer from tone. I I would try and sell high on Steve Smith. I, I think he's part of the, you know, I don't think his role in the offense is going to diminish per se, or, or the targets won't be there. I just, I just have trouble believing that a guy at that age, at 35, can keep going out and take the pounding he takes and keep making the plays he makes uh, on a consistent basis. I think he's probably going to have two or three more big games, maybe two games left that are big, but I think you're going to have weeks where you've got those, you know, five catches for 45 yards, and that's what you get, and and that's going to be a killer come playoff time especially. So if you can get something based on what Smith has done already, I, I would probably consider that. And uh, this one might be a little back and forth here, but uh, I'm also going to sell high, and I know everybody's going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to sell high on DeMarco Murray. The numbers aren't sustainable. Tony Romo, before, you know, one hit from him, you're down to Brandon Whedon, and for whatever reason, that would think like, oh, okay, we'll go to more of that. But I, I, I honestly think that Dallas has shown some of its weakness in the offensive line uh, going up against Washington. I, I, I really don't – I think they're frauds, guys. And, and, and I know that sounds very homerish because I'm an Eagles fan, but I just I, – I see the decline coming, and I think uh, he won't be bad, but he's going to be pretty pretty average once the uh, the season continues here. James, I'm curious if you're going to sell high or hold on to DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I disagree uh, on, a, on a number of points there. I, I, I get the intention, and look, if I could get – uh, something for Demarco Murray that would that I'm would talking be worth b- big, probably. Yeah, your that's purchase, what I mean. Yeah. I, I would be fine with that. Like if I could get like Demarius and, and uh, Lamar Miller, like if I could get that kind of package, I would absolutely do it. But I just don't think you're going to get enough back for Demarco that will make it worth it. I, I think your biggest worry with him is injury. I think there's a good chance that if he stays healthy, he's going to keep putting up these numbers. He's not going to break Eric Dickerson's record. I don't think. But he's going to keep putting up numbers. That offensive line is not a fraud. They are extremely talented. Uh, you know, they have three of the the best players in the league at their position right now in, in Frederick and Smith uh, and and Leary. I mean, they're just a, a super super talented line. Doug Free is a really nice right tackle when he's healthy. Uh, Zach Martin has been a, a beast as a rookie so far in the other guard spot. They're just a really talented offensive line. I, I think they can keep doing what they're doing. They run block extremely well. It's a simple scheme, and and Marky, Marco uh, and Murray has just really done a good job of of hitting the hole of, of a lot of wiggle in his running, and he just looks better if he can stay healthy. I 
I think he can continue at least, uh, you know, a, a nice amount, uh, a nice proportion of what he's been doing so far. Yeah, come week 14, week 15, week 16, you're going to be really happy if you still have DeMarco Murray on your team. And frankly, you're going to still be in the conversation in your fantasy league if you have Murray on your team. And he's going to be the one who's going to get you there. He's already, you know, you're going to look at a lot of the the number one, two, three teams in the leagues around uh, around town. And a lot of these teams, uh, they're going to, somebody's going to have DeMarco Murray on those teams. So it's going to be hard to get rid of him for anything unless you just completely drop drop the ball on the rest of your draft and need a ton of help. You're going to want to you're going to want to have him on your team. The holes look great for him just like he was saying. I agree every there. It looked like it looked like Emmett Smith holes. I mean, they would just open up and he could just you could drive a truck through them and then I don't know that I've seen anybody look stronger running the ball than him. Uh he's he's great after contact and he'll drag people with him and he's catching the ball great out of the backfield. So I it's hard for me to imagine that there's a um, a price that's going to be paid that's going to be worth it. I uh, just want to point out uh, also uh, Jeremy Macklin, uh, seventh right now overall, uh, creeping his way up in uh, one less game than a lot of guys are on top. So I'm just saying I'm on. I think I, I think I'm feeling the groove here. And uh, I, I, I still believe that DeMarco Murray will diminish uh, towards the end of the year. I think he's going to hurt you more than helps you. I know that's a, that's a fresh hot take, but obviously listen to the two experts right next to me as they probably know more than I do. But uh, a couple of other guys that we might buy low on, um, and I'll just wrap them all in a nice little package here. I've got Calvin Johnson, Monte Ball, Jay Cutler. Uh, James, are you buying low on any of those three guys? I'm actually happy because uh, a little peek behind the curtain for the listening audience. In the, in the prep sheet, we actually had a few more guys to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the first section, and I'm going to use it as a way as to talk to two of two of them right now, because two of the others uh, you listed as potential sell highs were Golden Tate and yes. Ronnie Hillman. Uh, conversely, buy low on Calvin Johnson and Monty Ball. For me, John, I would flip those. Man, uh, I'm nervous about Calvin Johnson. I know he's a you know a beast when healthy, but this injury just has lingered, and, and he's missed obviously missed time. They say he's going to be back after the bye. We'll see. But and obviously he's going to be a threat, especially in the red zone. But I I don't think Golden Tate's going to have a diminished role in this offense. I think the the touches that are Tate's are going to stay there, and, and someone else might get a diminished role. But he has eighty freaking targets this year. He clearly has Matthew Stafford's eye. He has made some huge catches, especially in traffic this season. So I, I don't see Tate's role diminishing at all. I think that if, if you can find someone who's looking to sell him because. Johnson's coming back. Try and take advantage. And the same thing with Hillman. I don't think Monty Ball gets that job back. Uh, Hillman has looked great. Uh, he could add two touchdowns in the Chargers game. Both were called back. I, you know, I, I just think I think Ronnie Hillman's going to keep that job. Uh, and, and again, I, so Monty Ball. I'm not buying. Not just buying low. I'm I'm dropping Monty Ball. And uh, <laughs> you know, if you need the roster spot, obviously if you can hang on to him, do it. But uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, he he may be good again. He may uh, or he may be great again. He may just be decent when he comes back, based on the injury. We'll see. But it, it's certainly not enough for me to drop uh, Golden Tate or to trade Golden Tate. Yeah, I would never at this point buy Monty Ball again. If you have him on your team, uh, then you can go ahead and hold on to him if you can, just in case. But I really think that Hillman uh, has done everything he was asked to do and more. Uh, Golden Tate, I've loved from the beginning of the season. He's one of the few swings uh, where I actually made some contact. Love Golden Tate. Uh, he's got great hands. I don't know if he's going to be able to get 35 fantasy points every game for you like he has the last two weeks, but he's going to do really well. 
uh, with or without Calvin Johnson. Even when Calvin was in there, he was still playing well, and I'm worried about Calvin's injury. The only other name that was on the prep sheet that we didn't talk about was uh, uh, Mark Ingram who had a great week last week. He is somebody that I would actually sell high on. I think that he uh, had a great game last week, and I think he can still have some other really good games. But uh, you go back to that New Orleans Saints backfield, and it's not going to happen every week. It, it just it just isn't. Um, if he puts together, strings together a couple good games in a row, I would actually be surprised uh, just because of the nature of the the beast there in New Orleans and the amount they're going to throw the ball. Um, so, you know, he may still have some good games this season, but I think now is a great time to sell Mark Ingram. Yeah, Jake Cutler is the only other guy we really didn't talk about. I, I still think that's a good buy low project if you're, if you're you know, uh, you're tired of streaming quarterbacks and all that stuff. I still think that he's going to be worth some points. Just be ready to ride the ride just like anybody else that you'd pick up on the waiver wire. Um, and I know, Tony, hopefully something happens there, but it's just, it's not looking good, especially after it's so weird because I th- pegged the Bears being like a very high-powered offensive uh, of team and making a big, giant step, but it just didn't happen. One guy we haven't talked about, and actually it's going to lead us right into our mailbag. <laughs> It's time for the Fantasy Mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. Have a fantasy question? Tweet us at BGN underscore TWIF or call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline 267-245-6066. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. That's 267-245-6066. Checking in first, uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Dan Schmidt from Sons of the Spectrum, SonsOfTheSpectrum.com. Of course, you can always check him out. It's interesting because now's the time that you've stashed away Josh Gordon for all this uh, to make a playoff run. But it let's just say, like our friend Dan here, he's got a little bit of an issue. Um, you know, he's on the outside looking in and he says, should I trade Travis Kelsey and Josh Gordon for Denard Robinson? I'm on the outside looking in and Eddie Lacy has a buy. First of all, I think that's way, 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 way too much for Denard Robinson. So I'm going to go ahead and say, no, I know you're desperate for a running back probably this week. But, I I mean, James, am I crazy here? Travis Kelsey and Josh Gordon is way too much for uh, Denard Robinson, despite how he's been performing. It is, uh, and I actually really like Robinson this week. There's a chance he he shows up in my start sets for running backs. They've got a great matchup. Um, But I I think it's a really good email from Dan because it it does represent a bigger point of – the point or the spot we're at in the season and what you have to do to make the playoffs. Uh, Ultimately, yes, Travis Kelsey and Josh Gordon is way too much for Denard Robinson. But if that's the best deal that he can find, if that's the best deal on the table and he has to win this week to have any chance to make the playoffs, then you know what? Then that's the deal he's got to make. You know, it's silly and it sounds stupid, but the way fantasy football is, and that's why it's a great email, is that, you know, when you get to this point, you're either making the playoffs or you're not, and you're sitting there at three and five or four and four, and you absolutely have to win to have any chance to make the playoffs. You can't lose another game. You got to do what you got to do to find a way to win. You know, as 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 much as you're giving up too much, Josh Gordon's doing nothing for you, and Denard Robinson will be a, a fill a spot in your lineup and be better than Travis Kelsey, or, or certainly better along with a, whatever backup you pick off the wire to to play for Travis Kelsey. So I don't love it from a talent for talent standpoint, but in terms of, of need, uh, you know, if he can't find a better deal, then yeah, I'd do it. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I'll have another point on this, but uh, tone you, you pulling that trigger. If you absolutely need to win this weekend. 
Uh, yeah, I am. Totally. I mean, part of the reason why you kept Josh Gordon on your team is because you might need to trade him. So at least get some value for him, uh, particularly if you're in a place where you're not going to make the playoffs. If you find yourself losing another game or two, then the whole point of having Josh Gordon on your team is to, you know, obviously start him through the playoffs if you make it there. But first things first, you got to make it to the playoffs. And if you've got if you've got a big hole at running back and there's nothing on the waiver wire to pick up, you're looking at a guy who could now be a week in, week out start at running back he's shown that he can do it and he's going to be the guy there so uh, I actually I'm, I'm a little bit uh, higher on it than you guys not by a ton uh, Kelsey's a, a good uh, a tight end but my guess is if you have somebody like Travis Kelsey on your team he's probably your backup tight end uh, somebody you may have picked up during the season or very very late in the draft so I suspect you're probably doing okay at tight end uh, if he is your only tight end and you're looking and at the waiver wire for another guy, then I'd probably hold off. But if he's your backup tight end and you've got somebody uh, like a Thomas or a Graham or even even somebody uh, down the line a little bit, uh, even a Martellus Bennett, I would say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Yeah, the more I'm thinking about it, I think you got to do it, Dan, because he, he's right. My, my point was going to be you've held on to Josh Gordon this long. You're a week out from it happening. I mean, if you're confident in your lineup enough, Obviously, you're not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking the question. But I think if you've waited this long, um, I think there's way more you could get for Josh Gordon. I would see if there's anybody else that's going to be a willing trading partner. I think you can do a little better than Denard Robinson as as a spot start. And, you know, just like Tony said, obviously, that could progress into something else. I think you should go out and test the rest of the market. See who, who else is wide receiver desperate. See who's got maybe a stockpile of uh, or you know, RB two or three that's going to be able to relieve you for the bye week and get into that because I don't think you need to give up tra- uh, Travis Kelsey. I really don't. Um, but if that's your only option, I'm I, I guess I'm with the guys. I said go ahead and pull the trigger. Go go go, Denard Robinson. I hope everything works out as you reach into the playoffs here. Just a couple of other ones. I know we've uh, we were checking in with our good friend Mr. Mario ZMD as always. Uh, just looking for some waiver wire help. Are you more going Martavius Bryant or are you going more Moncrief? Uh, for standard uh, league this week, Tone? Uh, that's a really good one. I think they're both sort of uh, in a similar, uh, you know, similar sort of uh, position there. I think they're about the, they're both going to be, you know, sort of high upside talented guys who are coming off of, you know, really good performances. I think Dante Moncrief's got an interesting thing going with, uh, you're looking at uh, Reggie Wayne injury might be down for a little while. So you are going to see a little bit more, uh, uh, going his way. Obviously, both of these teams are going to be throwing the ball around, so it's going to be, uh, you know, something you can feel comfortable that they're going to get some, that they're definitely going to get some looks. But the question's, uh, which one do I go with? I'm going to go with Moncrief by a nose. I think it's very close. I don't think you're going to be, I don't think you're going to be hurt by either one of them. Uh, but just because of the injury to Reggie Wayne, I think for now, anyway, Moncrief is my guy. I'd actually go with Bryant slightly, but everything Tony said, I agree with. They're both really good young options. I <laughs> like them both the keeper leagues especially, but I go Bryant slightly just because of what Tony mentioned, that Reggie Wayne will be back at some point. It looks like he's only going to be out a few weeks most likely. Uh, if he comes back, Moncrief suddenly becomes a lot less valuable in that offense, and uh, it, it seems like Pittsburgh is going to find the way to get Brian at least a couple chances at a big play a game. So I'd probably lean Brian slightly, but it's close. Uh, I will lead into it by saying uh, I want to say happy trails first to – we probably used them before, but just in case, we're just going to make it a full outright. 
uh, wave goodbye to Mr. Pierre Thomas. And I think you should get both of them if you can. Um, I, you know, there's there's upside to to either one of them if you got the bench spot. If you only had to pick one, I still think uh, Martavius Bryant just by a hair. Um, again, same with uh, I, what James was saying, what Tony was saying. For some reason, I just I just like him just uh, slightly better. So once again, I'm saying. Uh, goodbye to Mr. Pierre. Thomas says there is uh, guys like that are, are well worth uh, your bench spot over this. There's just there's too much going on down in New Orleans, and he is the third or fourth thought, thought now. So can't hold on to him anymore, and I'm waving happy trails to him. Tone, who are you uh, waving happy trails to? Yeah, now here's another guy that if I, we go back to the tape, there is a chance that we have waved goodbye to him before, but I haven't personally waved goodbye to him <laughs> until now, so I would like to go ahead and wave goodbye to Doug Martin officially. Da, 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 you know, da. I, you know, if for a little while I was saying, well, is anybody still still on the Doug Martin uh, train? And, and then, you know, I did a little digging on it, and it turns out a lot of people still own Doug Martin. So the hope is still out there for some people. I think the best thing that could have happened to Doug Martin is a trade. And it didn't happen. There was all sorts of talk about trades uh, in Tampa Bay, possibly Vincent Jackson, possibly Doug Martin. Uh, nothing happened there. So I'm thinking Doug Martin's going to have to say uh, you're going to have to say happy trails to him. That offensive line is not going to help anybody. They're going to be behind in every single game. They're going to have to try and throw the ball. He missed practice again with an injury, with his ankle injury. Um, so he's you know, when he's going to start is always a question mark and when he does does it even matter you don't want him on your team anymore john i'm 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 going a little risque here uh mostly because of the que there i'm getting rid of joik bell john that was a little letter play there which is exciting stuff (laughs) um i I just don't get it you know i i I liked uh, i kind of liked him a little bit going into the season i didn't like either him or Bush too much i was never a huge fan of that detroit running back job not because of the job itself but more because of the, the talent and the way they're utilized. But uh, Joyke's season high in rushing this year is, is 74 yards in a game. The next best game he's had was 51 yards on the ground. Uh, you say, oh, maybe he gets the ball in the receiving game outside of a 61-yard performance in week two. He's averaging just about 10 yards a game over the other seven games. Uh, only three TDs on the season, and he's done this with Reggie Bush missing two games where you, you think he's going to break out and have a monster game. Uh, and now coming off a 14-carry, 39-yard performance against a awful, terrible, dog-crap Atlanta Falcons defense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done with Joy, but I wouldn't want Bush either. I, I don't like any of those guys. Theoretic in a deep PPR is kind of a fun little play, but I, I'm, I'm done with Detroit running backs. Uh, and, you know, see you, Joy. Woof. That is uh, yeah, that is fresh and tasty. I still say, hang out, hang out for a little bit. Make sure he's you know completely dead here. It was London. Uh, uh, I will accept that. But uh, we we are one week away from Frank Gore too. If Frank Gore doesn't put up points against the uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible St. Louis Rams run defense, might be time to uh, say happy trails as well. Oh, you're Again, getting on go, James's list, go, Frank. Going a little, going a little risque <laughs> here. I'm I'm pushing it, John. We're getting to that point of the season. It's playoffs. You play to win. Uh, you got. You can't be shy about a, a you know hanging on to someone who you thought was going to be better than they are. That's right. Beautiful. Well, uh, hopefully everyone's trade deadlines are just as successful, and you snake somebody out of something great. Uh, but for myself, John Barchard, and for Mister Tony Casali and James Zeltzer, we thank you so much for listening to this week in fantasy right here on BGN Radio and LibertyBroadcast.co. 
You've been listening to This Week in Fantasy right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.